the rally come from behind Reds do it again. It wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And the Reds maintain their two-gate lead in the National League Central. We're talking all about it coming up next. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. This is our second time in your feed today. Because the Reds game was rain-delayed and then in extras, you just get me today. I am flying solo. Jeff will be back for tomorrow's episode. Uh, but I'm a diehard baseball fan. I have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and I've taken my love of the game, my passion for baseball, and I have turned it into information for you. Thank you so much. For those of you that are everydayers, you know I love talking baseball with you. If you were in the Discord server during the game, we had a blast. If you haven't joined that yet, check out the comment section down at the bottom. Check out the episode description. There is a link there for you to join us on Discord. You can talk baseball with us because we love talking baseball with you. You can also hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Now, look, the premise of this live show today was going to be to talk trades, get a little green and Lodolo update, and then dive into the Q&A. I think a lot of that script is now out the window. One, because I really want to talk, have that trade conversation with Jeff. We'll get into some of it, too, just because I know that you guys in the comment sections are going to want to talk about that. Uh, but I think the the talk of the of the day is going to be this game because it didn't start off great and the weather really derailed what the Reds had started to get going. Uh, Williamson looked good on the mound for the Reds. And, and listen, with this game ultimately going extras and nobody could have known that going in, how clutch was it that Williamson managed to talk David Bell into letting him go back out there and eat a couple more innings. Uh, it all starts right there. If Williams had not done that, I don't know how this game would have ended up because I, I really think the Reds would have run out of pitching if they had had to cover those two additional innings plus extras. It would have not been great at all. Uh, this is a game that saw Joey Votto come off the bench with a pinch hit single to tie the game up with an RBI. This is a game that saw Nick Senzel first make what was really a bad play in center field where he should have taken charge. He should have communicated better with Will Benson. It allowed a ball to drop. And then of course, Nixon Zell comes out and plays hero making what is probably the catch of the year in right field. Yeah. In right field where I have been very critical of his defensive play. He made the catch of the year in the sun. I don't know that maybe he didn't even see the baseball. I don't know how he caught it. I don't know how he saw it, saw it, but the fact of the matter is, he did. Then he comes up in the bottom of, or the top of the 10th after making the game-saving catch because that would have been a walk-off. He doesn't make that catch. The game is over. The Nationals win on walk-off, and the Reds' lead is cut to one in the National League Central. Instead, he makes the catch. We get the Manfred runner on second base and in the form of Tyler Stevenson, who made the last out, and then Nick Senzel absolutely crushes one uh, for two runs. That extra run, ultimately the difference in the game because uh, Alexis Diaz comes in, not sharp, not uh, by any stretch of the imagination anywhere close to one of Diaz's best outings, but yet somehow managed to get through. That's the difference with this team. That's the difference with Cincinnati sports right now. In years past, you all did it. I do it. I still try and catch myself doing it every once in a while. Oh, here we go again. 
Oh, here it goes. The meltdown. Ah, I knew it was too good to be true. We all have done that. We've all suffered through the Cincinnati sports history, <laughs> ghosts of Cincinnati sports past. I'm starting to believe guys. Uh, I don't turn a game on now without the belief that the Reds can win it. So let, let's just get right into this. Uh, comment section is blowing off. Uh, for the audio listeners, I'm going to do my best to read each one of the comments I throw up on the screen here on YouTube. But before I get into all that, it is time for a victory fresca, courtesy of Joey Votto. Uh, never had drank these before yesterday. They're actually quite good. Fresca, young and hip. All right, let's do this. Jay says the Reds are in first place in the National League Central, 49-39, 10 games over 500, guys. Two-game lead, heading into a pivotal three-game set before the All-Star break up in Milwaukee. Uh, this is big. Josh checking in, saying, let's go. Jimmy McFarland says, Dave Martinez, how you doing over there in the Nationals dugout? <laughs> the game has passed you by. I also saw you play for the Reds in 1993. You know, I think uh, Martinez recognizes the error of his ways messing with uh, Ellie De La Cruz yesterday. Scott Campbell checking in in the comment section, guys. He's saying aloha. I'm saying aloha back. I love you guys being everydayers. The everydayers are checking in in the comment section as well. For the audio listeners, you know, these live shows, it's a great time. If you're not a, a typical YouTube viewer, if you like to get your podcast in the audio feed, well, let me tell you, the, the live shows, the YouTube comment section is where it's at. And I encourage you of our lives and join us usually it's me and jeff we do a lot of back and forth a lot of q a it's a little bit less formal than uh, when we do a, a regular show but really enjoy uh, doing these doing these shows so uh jimmy mcfarland says williamson proved some things today i could not agree more i think that his last two times out williamson has looked a whole lot better uh he has looked like the guy that is not afraid to challenge the hitter. He, you know, I said this on yesterday's show. The big difference for me is the knock on Williamson has always been uh, his ability to cut down on the walks. And, and we saw that early on before the rain delay that he was going to go after hitters. And I think that's the difference. I think that maybe Williamson ended up in the big leagues just a little bit sooner than he was ready for. And I know I was calling for it. Jeff and I had talked about it a lot about bringing him up. But the fact of the matter is they Reds didn't have the luxury to wait. And uh, he's learning a little bit on the job. Welsh talked about that a little bit on the broadcast today. Uh, I think that he's had working directly with Derek Johnson, I think has been beneficial to Williamson. I think he's learning how to challenge big league hitters. And we're starting to see uh, the progress. We're starting to see his game. Now, does that ultimately mean he doesn't end up in the bullpen? Uh, I don't know. I know if this Reds team is in the postseason and Green and Lodolo are back, you've got a three-man rotation of Green, Lodolo, and Abbott. Uh, Williamson would be really valuable in a playoff bullpen. I, I'm just telling you. Grant checks in and says, Williamson earned a lot of respect for me today. Saved two innings from the bullpen today heading into the Brewer Series. That's absolutely right. I mean, you know, an extra inning game before heading into this Brewer Series is not optimal. Uh, although, you know, maybe it was the best thing that could have happened for uh, Alexis Diaz because he did look a little rusty. And I think that, you know, I mentioned this in the Discord server that because this is only Alexis Diaz's second season, uh, he's going to have to learn how to make adjustments. Uh, his arm was a little bit more rested than it's been in a while when he's come into a game. And it looked to me like he was overthrowing some baseballs. Like He had a little more oomph than he's used to having uh, because he's been pitching 
basically every day. So, you know, he's going to have to learn to make those types of adjustments. And I think he will. Uh, I think as this bullpen, as the starting pitching gets better, the bullpen will be less taxed and the pitchers will make adjustments. Greg says, great win, great team win today. Let's go, Greg. I could not agree more. Ken is here. He's an everydayer. Uh, hard to catch a 7 a.m. show. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, uh, we had to, uh, we had to move things along because of the rain and other, uh, issues. Jeff's schedule changed. So here I am, uh, Malachi is checking in about Tony Santion. How about Tony Santion finally making it back? You guys, uh, he looked, uh, he looked great other than, you know, the one, the gapper there, but, uh, Nick Senzel saved him. Uh, fastball, I think wasn't quite where he wants it to be. Fastball looked a little, um, I don't know. Maybe he hung it out there over the middle a little bit, but the breaking stuff was on point. And, you know, at the end of the day, they got out of the inning with Santion and, and he managed to get them to Diaz in extras, which is what he needed to do. Uh, sometimes it's not pretty. This whole game was not pretty. Mistakes abounded, but uh, it's a scrappy team. So much fun. They shall overcome, it seems. I, I, it's, I can't remember. You guys in the comment sections, what was the last time you remember watching Cincinnati sports? And, and you can't, you can't count the Bengals right now. I, I mean, before this, when's the last time you watched a Reds game and had absolute faith that the team could win the game? It's been a long time. I don't know, maybe 2012? Maybe that was the last time we could feel this way? I'm not sure. But I, I tell you, it is so exciting to just to just be able to embrace being a Reds fan right now. And I don't know, I, we're talking about it on the Discord server, and if you're not on the Discord server, I see guys in the comment section still asking. The link is in the description of the show. So any of the podcasts in recent, the last several weeks, and even months, I think, the link for the Discord server is in the comment, or in the description of the show. So just click on that, click on the link, join up. We want to have you there. So let's talk about these trades just for a minute, because who are we going to trade? Kenneth says at this point, his willingness to make a trade would only include Barrero. Okay. Who are you going to get back for Barrero that's going to make a meaningful difference at the big league level? I don't think anyone. Uh, here's where I'm starting to come down on this. Uh, we did hear that both, you know, Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green are, you know what, before we get to that, let's do this. Uh, we're going to talk about Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green coming up. Let's let's make a quick transition because you know I've got to uh, I've got to follow the script a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into that pitching conversation coming up in just a second. We're going to get into that after I do a quick little shout out to our sponsor of the show. Today's episode is brought to you in part by in part by Sleeper. Swing for the fences for Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. You can see Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, Sleeper is an up and coming uh, fantasy fantasy uh game you can uh, download this app in over 30 states they're currently operational uh, they're coming online and more and more in each and every state so download the sleeper app use the code locked on and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply sleep see sleepers terms of use for details all right now that we have paid the bills don't forget that you can listen to every pitch of the hometown broadcast with sirius xm just download the sxm and search the word Reds. All right, we're diving right back into this comment section, guys, because you guys are blowing it up for me over here. Let's talk about Kevin Newman for a minute before we get into the pitching. Uh, Newman does not need to lead off, Malachi Hayes says. And the, the thing is that 
every time we try to knock on him, he does something. He gets an RBI, he gets a hit, he does something. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, we've talked many, many times about him being David Bell's, you know, guy. David Bell's one of his favorites. You know, I, I put the thing out there with David Bell looking in the dugout lovingly and saying, "Get yourself a, get yourself someone that loves you the way that David Bell loves journeyman middle infielders." But you know, Kevin Newman's been a valuable piece of this team. Uh, I don't like how long it took for Joey Votto to find his way into the game after the rain delay, but it all worked out. It's hard to be super critical when it all works out. Uh, lots of things could have gone different in this game. Sometimes good teams just find ways to win in spite of the craziness. Sometimes good teams just find ways to win uh, by stumbling, bumbling, and lucking their way into the victory. And we're talking, we're talking about what the Reds need to do to, to bolster this team. And is it in the form of a trade? Are the Reds even going to be buyers? Do we think the Reds are going to be buyers? Well, I'll tell you this. Nick Crawl was asked if the Reds are going to be buyers, if the Reds are looking to make improvements before the trade deadline. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, we're first place. We yeah. want to, we're looking to win. That's, that's our goal. So uh, I, I think we, you know, we want to do whatever we can for this team. I think we just need to continue to play well and, and see what's out there. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's, there's a, there, there obviously hasn't been a good match at this point. So um, I don't see anything on the horizon, but you, you never know. And you're just going to keep working at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we've had some starters go down. I think that, you know, it'll be nice to get some of those guys back over the next few weeks, but I think that uh, it, it's something, I think we're just going to look at any avenue to, to improve our club. I think that's the right answer. Uh, some guy that's here on YouTube's comment says it doesn't matter how you do it. As long as you win. Greg checks in and says, guys that we might have traded a month ago are now a big part of the team. Newman, Barrero, Casale, and mid to lower level prospects should only be considered to be traded now. This is where we keep circling back to, guys. Everybody's willing to trade Barrero. Everybody's willing to trade Newman. And I think you could get a little something for Newman. You're not going to get anything for Barrero. There's a reason you all are willing to trade him. And that's the same reason why nobody's going to be willing to trade for him. Uh, he's not going to bring you a difference maker. So at this point, I think the Reds are almost in a position, and I think Jeff's going to argue with me on this, and we're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show because I think we're at a spot where you just have to ride it out. Uh, I brought up Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo right before I did that little ad read, and Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green are both out in Goodyear right now, dialing it back up, stretching it back out. They're going to be here by August 1st. That's the timeline right now, barring a setback. That's better than any trade the Reds could go out and make, adding back in Lodolo and Green. A rotation of Lodolo, Green, Abbott, Williamson, and whoever you want to run out there as the fifth starter doesn't really matter. Ben Lively looks to be ready to take a turn in the rotation before the All-Star break, during this Brewer series, before the All-Star break. Uh, I think we can limp through. And then having Lively slide to the bullpen or having Williamson slide to the bullpen. I, I don't know that a trade's in order, guys. I You know, a month ago, I'm with you. A month ago, I was thinking they were going to have to go out and do something. At this point, if you could trade maybe a Reese Hines, who's currently injured with a hamstring issue, but if you could trade him for a bona fide ace number two, uh, uh, an every other day closer, maybe that's the move the Reds need to make. I, what do you guys think? I, I mean, I, I just don't I, – it's going to be hard to convince me that the Reds should go out there and make some kind of dramatic move 
right now because what it would cost in prospect capital to get something meaningful. I mean, you're not just going to make a trade to make a trade, right? It doesn't do anything for this rotation if you just bring in another, you know, placeholder, another guy that can't get anybody out, another guy that's going to allow four and five runs in the first inning, you know, in a, in a Luke Weaver type pitcher. So for me, there's no sense in doing it. You know, Jimmy McFarland wants to unleash CES. You know, I'm thinking that could be a post all-star break move. I really am. Uh, of course, we've talked about you need to probably cut Kurt Casale to do that. But I, it's just I think that's going to happen. Kenneth asks about Ashcraft coming around, says Ashcraft is coming around. Um, yeah, I think he's starting to figure it out. I think that what Ashcraft is learning is that he doesn't have to be a Hunter Green strikeout pitcher. He doesn't have to be a Nick Lodolo backfoot slider, strikeout nine guys, a game pitcher. It's perfectly fine to be a soft contact ground ball pitcher that has a tremendous defense behind him to get the outs. And I think the more that Graham Ashcraft figures that out, the deeper he's going to go into games and the better it's going to be for, for the Reds. Uh, Malachi asked why uh, Bieber's name keeps coming up in trade talks. I think it's a wish list. Malachi, I mean, would you not like to have Bieber here? I'm not sure Cleveland's going to move him, but Cleveland has in the past shown a willingness to, you know, in lopsided deals, trade away guys you would think they wouldn't train. Um, Jason Ellis asks the status of Reaver San Martin. I don't think we're going to see Reaver back anytime soon. Uh, there has been no talk about Reaver because Reaver's not doing anything just yet. Um, I don't think we can count on him to be a valuable member of this bullpen anytime soon. Scott Campbell asks, should they trade away Arroyo in a package? Or he'd like to see them trade away Arroyo in a package. Um, I was with you a month ago, Scott. I don't know that I'm there right now. Um, I, I think that'd be overpaying for the only need I really see them going out and fulfilling, and that's a, a bullpen arm to to strengthen the numbers out there a little bit. I, I just... I. I don't see it. Jimmy says he pitched today. I think he's talking about Reaver. Is is that is that the case? Jump back in the comments and let me know. I must have missed that. Um, I, I don't think he's in the Reds' plans right now. Uh, nobody has been talking longingly about his return to the bullpen that I've talked to. Uh, so, so I don't know. Uh, JS 2024Q. Um, yeah, I would not put my real name on this question either. Thoughts on trading India? You don't trade Jonathan India this year. Uh, again, um, you know, could India be involved in a, a needle moving deal? Sure. But does that disrupt the team in a way you don't want to disrupt the team? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I think we need to be cognizant of the moves that they make and what the impacts are going to be. That's why I like the idea of making the Kurt Casale cut during the all-star break while everybody's at home with their families and has a couple days to process it so that it's not an immediate impact. Uh, I, I don't see anything happening with Jonathan India. I think that uh, he's a pretty valuable piece of what's going to be a playoff team. And I think you want to keep him around for at least this year. Uh, I think maybe next year you start to entertain the idea or wrap your head around what a trade of Jonathan India would look like. Uh, you start to, to gauge what the league's willing to give up for him because at the end of the day, he's probably the, the guy that gets squeezed out. We saw to, in to, today's game that he was the defensive replacement, right? That he got subbed out for moving Matt McClain over to second base. And I think that's the infield of the future. We saw the infield of the future, I think, at the end of the game today with Steer at third or somebody at third 
Ellie De La Cruz at short, Matt McClain at second base. Obviously, next year you would think it would be CES at first. Uh, steer moving around some. The, the, India's the odd man out. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's the case. All right, let me get into some more of these comments, guys. You guys are doing great. It's hard to keep up as a, a one-man band over here, but uh, I'm going to try and do the best I can while filling, filling what we're trying to talk about. Do we think it's a mind game? Jimmy McFarlane asks, says it's time for CES. No mind games for this kid. I don't think that's what's going on. I don't think it's... I don't think it's a mind game issue. Uh, I, I think the the deal with CES is they really, truly are trying to get him just a little bit more seasoning. He was going through a little bit of a slump there for just a hot minute, but his overall numbers, you know, we talked about this on the show, I think last week, his slash line in the minors this year is phenomenal. He's probably ready right now, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bring him up and, and have them, not be ready to play him a whole bunch. And I think only recently David Bell has wrapped his head around the fact that Kurt Casale is an offensive liability and his defense and his mentoring or whatever we're calling that thing that Kurt Casale does with some of these pitchers isn't more valuable than what CES's bat would be. I, I really truly believe he comes up right after the all-star break. I, I really, really do. States Wiffleball League says we need to get Luke Weaver out of the rotation now. Uh, I could not agree more. Um, it's it's a very it, it's a statistical oddity the number of games the Reds have won where he's been the starting pitcher. And I know he doesn't always get the wins, uh, but I don't know if they come into the games where they see Luke Weaver's name written on the card and think, uh, "Oh my, we really got to step it up today," because that's what they seem to do, and they seem to be unfazed by being down four and five runs. It doesn't really matter. Greg Pace checks in and says that Jonathan India and Joey Votto are who keep this team flowing like it is. Uh, Greg, Joey Votto, for, I mean, listen, over the course of the whole season, Jonathan India from day one has said he's going to be a leader. He's going to try to do the things that a leader does. And I think that the Reds really needed that. And this bunch of rookies really needed that. Um, Joey Votto leads differently and I know that it's frustrating and it's been frustrating for a lot of fans for a long period of time that they don't see Joey Votto doing the leadership things but Joey Votto leads in ways we just heard about today where on a plane ride he sits down with Will Benson and they talk hitting and what do you know after that conversation Will Benson goes on a tear I, I don't think you can discount things like that so you know this is absolutely right, Greg. Joey Votto does play an integral part in what's happening right now. I think you can't undervalue what it means to have a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I said it. And what should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he won't be uh, because the writers are dumb. But Joey Votto should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I don't think we can undervalue the impact having him on the roster right now with so many rookies uh, really means. And I think that Joey Votto has handled it really well in the way that he's kind of started to embrace this role of, of mentor slash uh, six, seven hitter uh, platoon guy. Uh, this is, you know, this, I, is this how Joey Votto wants it to be? No, he wants to play every day still. He wants to start every single game and be in the lineup. But I think what he sees right now, and, and I could be wrong, he hasn't said this publicly, but I know I see it. I think what he sees right now 
is finally one last opportunity to get a team into the postseason. And, you know, once you make the tournament, anything can happen. And would it be not magical to finally get Joey Votto into a World Series in what is is for pretty certainly his last year as a Cincinnati Red? Uh, I, I think I think Joey sees that. And I think he's going to do whatever is asked of him to just be involved in this team and be a part of it because there's something special happening right now. Everybody sees it. The national people see it. The, the national writers, the national shows, uh, all the local fans see it. The local beat writers see it. We all see it. Uh, it's coming. Will Klein checks in and says he hopes that Cincinnati stands pat at the deadline or just a small move or two, but please don't cash in and get an overrated uh, pitcher. Yeah. You know, I I'm with you. Will I, I, I I'm, I'm in the stand pat category now. Uh, shockingly, maybe, maybe, maybe the right deal for a great relief pitcher. I was bummed to see that a role Chapman's already been moved to Texas. Um, I think that's that was bad news. I think he was a really good fit for you know closer B. Um, he would still be a closer just you know every other day. Uh, Ronnie Snyder says that Weaver is the Reds' rabbit foot. Leave him in that role. No, um, I'm ready to get him out of that role. Uh, I I just I can't continue to to stomach the stress of of having him start every fifth day. Greg says, yes, you can't place experience talking about Joey Votto. Uh, absolutely. 100% agree. You, uh, you cannot do it. Um, it it's valuable. And, and I don't think it's being talked about enough now. Um, I know that Jeff and I will talk about it more along the way. And I bet you that we start hearing about it more and more on the broadcast and more and more from the local beat writers. Mike checks in and says, Ashcraft has stepped up huge. Not 100% himself yet, but definite improvement. Yeah, that's what I was saying a little while ago, Mike. I don't know, you know, not himself yet. You know, I think maybe that his game is not going to be what we saw before. I think that he was trying too hard to be one of those other guys. I think that maybe the soft contact, ground ball guy, low strikeouts, but still gets it done. That might actually be who Ashcraft's been all along. And remember he came up while sticky stuff was still legal. He came up before all of the, the timers and the pitch clock and all of these things. Uh, he was allowed to evolve his game in a way that I don't think is sustainable with all the new rules. And I think that this Ashcraft is the real Ashcraft, a number three, number four guy that, can just give you enough to let your team be in a position to win. Uh, I really think that's who he is. Malachi says he's heard rumors that Lance Lynn likes Cincinnati, but I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't think the Reds should in any way, shape, or form give up what it would take to bring Lance Lynn here, even if he does like Cincinnati. Uh, I, I, the price of pitching is just going to be too much. Um this is where starting the season with Overton and Sessa in the bullpen it really is biting them a little bit because they didn't address the, the glaring elephant in the starting rotation room. And that's why they've been feeling it so much. And it's, it's amazing to me that if you look at this rotation from the beginning of the year to now, if you look at where it started, where it is right now with the injuries and where this team is in the standings and, and, you can talk about them playing in the National League Central, and there's some validity to that. But they've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with some behemoths. You look no farther than all of their games with Atlanta. Did they come up short? Yes. 
would it have been different if the rotation was healthy and they had Green and Lodolo back? I think it might have been. Uh, I, I saw enough in those games with Atlanta. I saw enough when they played Texas. I saw enough that tells me this team can play with anybody. And there's no reason to think that they can't win a bunch of these games and that they can't be a disruptor in the playoffs. Uh, you get them in a short series. I would not want to face a rotation of green Lodolo and Abbott in a short series in a wild card round. I would not want to, to see them in a best of five. Uh, it would be, be tough to beat that team. Uh, and with the offense hitting the way that it does, man, Marcus says, if the Reds are 12 to 15 games over 500, would you be on with a CES trade for, no, I'm going to stop reading. Would I be willing to trade CES for nobody really right now? Not this season. Um, No, I would not. Uh, CES is the future and the deal you would have to get, you would, it would have to come with a pitcher that you would have multiple years of control that you already knew was willing to sign an extension. And CES is not going to alone get you that guy. It's going to have to be a package. I, I just, I, I no, I'm not going to do that. Kenneth asks the question on Sinzel is whether he is worth being a bench utility guy for 3 million or so a year. Yeah, he is. Um, I think you keep Sinzel around as long as you can. If he raises his trade value enough between now and next season where you could get something decent in return for him, maybe you explore a trade, but what he does right now, especially against left-handed pitching is very, very valuable. His flexibility is very, very valuable. Um, he has some a little bit of clutch in him from time to time. Uh, I know he makes mistakes, and I know the injury thing kind of still looms out there, and every time he bumps into the wall, I hold my breath for a second to make sure he's okay. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, in the money that changes hand in a $10 million you know, Major League Baseball, $3 million for a utility guy that can deliver like that on occasion, yeah, you keep him around unless – something big comes along. I just, I just think you try and keep him here. Uh, Velveeta says, does FanDuel have an over under on Will Benson losing his ball cap or helmet? Uh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's, that's the new normal. India is the same way. Although I think it's gotten a little bit better, but, but uh, if, if FanDuel did have odds on that, I don't think they would be very, very good. DIY golfer says this team is so fun to watch. Any trade needs to be someone with a winning mindset. Don't make a trade. If it'll hurt the locker room, uh, they are below. They are a below 500 team talent wise. I don't agree with that. I don't think they are. Um, but you're right. Chemistry is important. Uh, I again, stand pat, stand pat on this guys. I'm going to scroll these comments a little bit more. Kenneth agrees on Senzel. Malachi asks about an extension for Ellie. I would love to sign Ellie to a long-term contract extension. I, I, you know, me too. Um, There's some concerns with that. I think it's something that would be great if it could get done. Bear in mind that um, Scott Boris is Ellie's agent. So, you know, we saw Atlanta pull off some contracts that were head scratchers with players being locked up long term for relatively low major value. Uh, I don't know that Scott Boris would let Ellie sign a contract like that. Could the Reds buy out his arbitration years and maybe get one to two years on top of that? Kind of like what they did with Hunter Green. Maybe uh, that could be something that happens, but I don't know. 
I don't know that Scott would let Ellie sign a deal like that unless it's just, I mean, I, I'm talking like Manny Machado money. I'm talking like Mike Trout money. Um, and I don't think the Reds are going to make that offer. So for me, this is where it gets hard, guys. And that's way down the road. But eventually all these people that we're growing to love right now that are all rookies, a bunch of them are going to get traded. And when that time comes, it'll be sad. But as you've seen, that plan works. It can be successful. Uh, the Reds can continue to be winners for a long time. Uh, it, it'll just be painful. We're going to have to adjust our mindset when the time comes. But that time is not now. I'm not killing my buzz. I'm not killing my joy. I'm not, I'm not going to undo my fresca glow by talking about trading these guys away right now. Uh, and there's guys that you could probably lock up for you know, easier money. Spencer Steer, you could probably lock up a little bit easier than Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, Matt McClain, you could probably lock up for a little bit easier than... Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, Jimmy McFarland is saying the same thing right now, uh, but he says India and steer. Uh, I don't, I don't lock up Jonathan India guys. I, I just think at the end of the day, talent wise, he's the odd man out just because while he may be able to hit on some level with these other guys, they're just so much better defensively that he's not going to have a spot to play uh, unless maybe we talk about moving him to the outfield. And if he's willing to go to the outfield and if he can play the outfield, you know what Spencer steer has done with the outfield is nothing short of miraculous. He never played out there, ever. Not in high school, not in not in minor leagues, just now. Major League Baseball, go play left field, and he volunteered to do it. Uh, I think that I, I think that that's that's an outlier. That's not how it normally goes. Joey Votto has 147 total home runs and Pete Rose has 160. Joey Votto is catching up with Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joey Votto, you guys, I, it's, it's really unfortunate that there was so much time and energy being expended on bashing Joey Votto over the course of his career by people that shouldn't have been. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but you know, there were broadcasters that poo pooed him all the time. Uh, it's there's, there's this negative connotation around his numbers, but go, go sometime to Cincinnati reds.com and look at the history of the team. Look at the leaderboards, career leaderboards, members of the reds, offensive hitting categories. Look at where Joey Votto ranks amongst the Reds greats. And, and if you have a, a low opinion of him as a hitter, if you don't think he ranks up there with Morgan and Bench and Rose and, and, and the rest of the great eight, um, you may be surprised to see all of Joey Votto's rankings. Do we lock up D Diaz? Malachi's asking. Um, that's a hard one because relief pitching is so subject to wild swings where one year it's great and the next year it's not. And there are exceptions to that. Uh, there were guys that were just consistently great, but is, is Diaz one of them? I don't know. Um, I think being in year two, it's too early to have that conversation. I think we need to see at least another year before considering giving him some type of arbitration buyout extension, but only time is going to tell. Well, look guys, we've run at about, 35 minutes here. I want to get to a few more comments and questions for the live show. Jeff and I will be back in your feeds tomorrow with a regular episode. I'm, I'm really sorry that uh, between the rain delay and the extra innings and all that, that we didn't get to do this the way that we wanted to, because I know you guys were primed to talk trades. And I think Jeff is primed to talk trades as well. And I'm just going to be the, the downer on this thing. Uh, let's get to a few more of these. JS is asking, do you think Connor Phillips gets called up? 
that's an interesting uh he was just the pitcher of the month in the minor leagues i think between his uh double a and triple a numbers um he's probably the next guy in line if if he gets a few more triple a starts under his belt and looks good you know the kennedy start was because they don't they didn't think that Connor Phillips had enough time in triple a different ball. They wanted to see a little bit more from him. He, he didn't exactly, you know, he wasn't exactly lights out in his first triple a start. So I think they want to see a little bit more from him. Um, ultimately though, this season, do we see Connor Phillips? Yeah, I think we see him this season. I think we see still yet this season, Connor Phillips and CES, an outside shot of cup of coffee, Noel V Marte, maybe looking pretty good down in triple a, uh, Malachi asks, has Ben Lively going to start Sunday? Uh, so I just saw a little while ago that Ben Lively is anticipating making a start before the All-Star break. So it would make sense to me that he's the Sunday guy. Um, I think that works out. And and and, and that's good because uh, I would like to see him replace Luke Weaver in the rotation coming out of the break. But we shall see. Um, all right, guys. Jimmy says he can't wait to hear Jeff <laughs> to chat up Benson. You know, Jeff Carr was right about Benson. I, 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 you know, I thought it was a little, um, little too high on the guy, and you know, it, there was some growing pains, but, but it was, uh, you know, ultimately he was right, and I hate it when I have to tell him that for sure. So, Greg says Connor Phillips is leading all of the minors in strikeouts. Uh, Connor Phillips is close to ready. Um, I I think the Reds got it a little wrong actually on when they moved him from Double A AA to Triple A. I think they waited about two weeks too long. Uh, he had been showing for a while he was ready for a promotion, and had they done it then, he would probably be ready now. Um, here's the thing with Connor Phillips: at some point in time, Andrew Abbott is probably going to run into an innings limit and they're either going to have to shut him down sometime in August, sometime in September to have him available for the playoffs, or you're going to have to go the old Steven Strasburg method and he hits the limits, you shut him down and he's done and you don't use him the rest of the year. So if that's the case, you need someone to replace him. So, uh, you know, maybe that's Connor Phillips. Maybe, maybe you bring Connor Phillips up to replace Andrew Abbott to shut Abbott down so that then in the postseason you have both of them. Uh, just guessing here. But uh, I, I think that they can't expect that Andrew Abbott's going to continue to pitch the way that he's pitching all the way through October. I think that's a big ask for a rookie um, that hasn't thrown that many innings ever in his life. So, uh, no, there, there's not. Kenneth says, I thought I heard Abbott was not limited at all. That's what they're saying, but he is. All rookies are you you're asking and, and, and even if it's not a hard limit, even if Derek Johnson isn't tracking pitches and, and innings and saying, you know, we have a number and it's this number. If you don't act accordingly by the time you reach October, he's not going to have anything left in the tank. Uh, he's never been asked to, to pitch the way that he's pitching now with so much adrenaline at the major league level for such a long period of time. He's throwing a lot of pitches He's going deep in games. Um, yeah, I, I think at some point in time, you have to have him miss a couple starts if you want to use him in the playoffs. And uh, that's just me spitballing guys. I, I know that, I know that, uh, he's lights out right now, but 
I guess I just really want him to be cautious with the pitching, especially since that we've already missed so much time of Nick Lodolo. We've already missed so much time of Hunter Green. Um, they've got to be careful because even though they've been willing to, or even though they've been able to overcome what's been going on for the most part, I don't know how much more uh, this rotation can absorb and for them just to, to still be the team that they are right now. So I want to talk about this. This comes up a lot. Uh, Lincoln says they're only pitching five innings anyway. That's true, but it's also a, a clear reminder that baseball's different nowadays. And in the old days, you could you could judge how much a pitcher was doing based on their innings pitched. I, I want to tell you that innings pitched doesn't matter because, yes, they're only throwing five or six innings, but they're still throwing 100 pitches. Counts are going deeper. It's a lot more strikeout guys. They, they're throwing the same amount of pitches is, is what I'm getting at. They're still throwing 100 pitches. Uh, they're just doing it in five and six innings versus seven, eight, nine innings, what have you. So when, when you say that, when you say Abbott's only pitching five or six innings, it's the same number of pitches. So his arm is still going to have wear and tear on it unlike anything it's ever had on it before. So I just want them to be careful. I want, I want the Reds to be cautious with the pitching. And if they do that, this could be a really fun team in October, guys. I'm already, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I have already started kind of buzzing the calendar to figure out how I can be in Cincinnati in October for an extended period of time because I don't want to miss that. And on that happy note, that's where I'm going to wrap up this live show for the day. Thank you guys for being patient and waiting around for the live show to start. Uh, I'm sorry again that uh, we got derailed by the rain delay and the extra innings and that Jeff couldn't be here with us. Uh, we're going to do this again probably uh, next week uh, sometime. Uh, these have been fun to kind of just sprinkle an extra live show in once in a while. Uh, I'll have to check my schedule versus Jeff's and see when we can do that. But I do know this, we will be in your feed tomorrow with our regular Friday show. And in that show, we're going to take up this trade conversation that we didn't get to have a whole lot. We're going to um, put a quick little bow on the four game sweep of the Washington nationals. And we're going to get you set for a big, big weekend in Milwaukee as the Reds have three before the all-star break uh, with a two game lead in the division Friday's game. You guys Corbin Burns versus Andrew Abbott. That is playoff sound in baseball. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to see it. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for making locked on Reds Your first listen always. Thank you for making locked on reds. Uh, your, daily reds podcast we we do this for you uh and we appreciate all the feedback and all the interaction uh all the time uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day in the normal uh the normal course of events every dayers uh, again we're back in the uh feed on friday morning make sure you check us out uh getting you set for a big big meaningful series in july meaningful reds baseball in july at the all-star break i love it We'll see you next time. We're going to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Bye-bye, guys.